Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The biggest football games of the season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, Try a multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by BetRivers. It is Holden with VEASAN. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Check me out on Twitter, at Holden Radio. Boy, I got a fun show set up for you today. No football. We're going to do a football-free show today. Get you ready for what's coming up after the Super Bowl. Uh, but tomorrow, which will be Friday, we're going to talk a lot of Broncos head coaching search. I'll give you all my picks for a while. Actually, now it's divisional round weekend. But let me get into this. We're going to talk Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets off the top. What another amazing performance by the best basketball player in the world. Going to recap the Colorado State victory last night. Horrible beat for me on a live bet there. That was tough. And we'll preview both Colorado USC and Northern Colorado Idaho. Greg Peterson, College Hoops Insider with VEASAN is going to join me. Also, we're going to talk some Avs today. Yes, we'll get into the Avs. They are red hot. Mark Springer with Altitude 92.5 does some post-game work for the Avalanche there. He's the biggest Avs fan I know that actually has a job uh, talking about the Avalanche. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him a little bit later on. And then a, a quick blurb at the end on why I hate broadcast networks because they have 4K capabilities and they're too cheap to actually broadcast games in 4K when we all have 4K televisions. It just doesn't make sense. But... This is a verbal Nikola Jokic appreciation post after another triple-double last night. 49-14-10. and 10. He added three steals. There was a tie ball game. There's 1.9 seconds left after Gordon's shot goes in. Jokic has the ball. And basically, you just see a really tall dude getting double-teamed, going back in the air, and just whipping the ball cross-court. Like, the degree of difficulty for the pass... From Jokic to Aaron Gordon, it didn't look that difficult until you like slow it down and see the pass had to go through four hands across the court. Are you kidding me? And then Gordon hit the three. And then Jokic after the game, he goes, uh, I kind of make those passes on a regular basis. It's a normal pass. Uh, that was an awful Jokic voice. I will do better. I'm actually going to watch some video of Jokic and try and do a better better impression than that because that was an absolute Travis Sham mockery. Anyways, this guy has 67 career triple doubles. He's got 10 this season and three in a row. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let me just read off a whole bunch of awesome things about Nikola Jokic now. Okay. Since the NBA ABA merger in 76, 77, four players, just four have had a 45 point triple double on 60% shooting. Okay. Last time somebody did that was James Harden. Uh, he had a 60-point triple-double against the Magic. This was pretty darn impressive, too, from Jokic. Uh, the Clippers had a 15-point lead with 9.24 left in the third quarter, to which I'm saying to myself, boy, is this going to happen again? Are the, are the Nuggets just going to lay an egg against the Clippers? And no, because at that 9.24 mark, again, 15-point lead for the Clippers, here's what Jokic did for the rest of the game, most of the second half and into overtime. 
34 points on 10 of 14 shooting, 13 of 14 from the line, five of his 10 rebounds were offensive. He had five assists, just two turnovers, two steals. And that was just 21 minutes from that 924 mark in the third quarter through overtime. He put up 34, 10 and five in 21 minutes. Come on, come on. Jokic is, he's now the MVP favorite on basketball reference which uses a lot of advanced statistics. Um, he's the MVP. And I just put the bet in today. Bet Rivers plus 600, Jokic for MVP. And what I also think is going to happen, I think that uh, maybe Embiid has a big game here or there. And, and Giannis will have a big game here or there. And Embiid had a big night last night too. But I think we might even get a better number on this. I just wanted to make sure to grab at least one number right now in case Jokic goes on this massive tear and, and he becomes the MVP leading candidate, okay? So I got in on that plus 600 uh, MVP at Bet Rivers. And and speaking of Embiid, he had that 50-point performance last night. Jokic has just been better than Embiid in every single statistical category, in just about every single one of them. It's amazing, especially offensively. But Jokic came into last night's game on pace for the best single-season PER per an NBA history, it's currently 32.3. So what is player efficiency rating, PER? Um, it's a rating of a player's per minute productivity. So you can have two different players that play completely different minutes. One guy plays six, 16 minutes, the other guy plays 36 minutes, and you can still figure out his per minute productivity. Um, so it's a rating of per minute productivity. Also, um, it adjusts every player rating for his team's pace. So it's pace adjusted. Some guys play on teams that run the ball up and down the floor. Others play to a slow pace. Okay. Um, and the Nuggets, I mean, listen, th this guy's just amazing. They have outscored opponents by 45 points this year. Mm, just 45 points. When Jokic is on the court, they have outscored their opponents by 262 points. And then they are minus 212 when he's off the court. It's just, it's mind blowing. Okay. So this is from Denver stiffs. The nuggets post a plus 10 net rating. When Jokic plays, they have a minus 12.3 net rating when he's on the sidelines. He is plus 22.3 net rating. That is like all time. Great. All time. Great. That's the type of season this guy is having. And he had a great season last year. So He's on pace for the best single season in NBA history, PER. And if he keeps this up, he's going to pass Wilt Chamberlain from the 61-62 season. I think that was the year Wilt scored 100 points in a game. So he dominated everybody. I don't think there was a more dominating player in the NBA than Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, MJ, the greatest of all time. You could say it's LeBron. It's not. And then you've got this guy, Jokic, with this season that he's having once again. Lastly, three players in the NBA have had 49 points or more, 14 rebounds or more, 10 assists or more, and three steals in a game or more. Larry Bird did it. Russell Westbrook did it. Jokic did it. That's it. Centers that have done it. Jokic last night and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Jokic and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's it. And that, my friends, is your Nikola Jokic appreciation post. Okay. Let's seamlessly transition into some college basketball. So Colorado State last night is on at the same time as the Nuggets. I had a blast. Had both TVs on. There'd be a break in one. I'd turn the volume up. Be a break in the other. I'd turn the volume up. Watch the other one. And the Rams, honestly, not a great performance. Remember when I talked about this yesterday? CSU laying 16 points. I just said, I'm not comfortable with that. They're a better team than New Mexico, but I'm not comfortable with 16 points in a conference game. No, no. And the Lobos actually had a lead uh, halfway through the second half. It was a very uncomfortable game to live bet uh, because I was just waiting for the number, waiting for the number. I'm saying CSU's going to get back into this thing. They're going to turn it up defensively. They'll start hitting some more shots. So what I did, they were down, I believe, a possession. So maybe a point or two halfway through the third or halfway through the second half. And I ended up backing CSU minus six and a half. Live bet. Oh, these guys are coming back. They'll probably win the game. Eight to 10 points. I think it's great. Roddy had 21 last night. I'm so impressed with Isaiah Stevens. Chipped in with 16. Just a tough dude. Chandler Jacobs had 12 and 10. Good night for the Rams. 
um, as down the stretch. The problem last night with them is they were six from 20 behind the arc, and that's just not going to get it done. They are the best three-point shooting team in the Mountain West, okay? But my bad beat, it was awful. Rams down a point, grab them at minus six and a half. They come back. They end up taking a nine-point lead. Yeah, nine-point lead. Roddy is at the free throw line. This is, what is there, maybe 10, 11 seconds left. And he hits the first. The second one he missed. And I'm going, oh, God. This is not going to end well, is it? Because all New Mexico has to do is come down the floor, shoot a three, and hit it. So they come down the floor. They miss the first three. The second three, KJ Jenkins from the Lobos just chucks it up, banks it in. And I'm just like, and, and I rarely say bad beat. Out loud, by myself, on the couch, I go, bad beat. Horrible beat. So what am I going to do? You know, uh, Roddy missed the free throw. Jenkins hit the shot. Lost it in game bet. Things happen. Entertaining game. Congrats to CSU uh, for getting in the win column. Then we've got uh, a game coming up tonight. In Boulder, CU hosting USC. Two big games coming up for the Buffs. You've got USC tonight. 16th ranked team in the nation, UCLA on Saturday, 9th ranked team in the nation. Colorado plus two, one and a half or two is where this number has been vacillating right now. And they got to win one of these games. They already lost to UCLA once. They, they got beaten up really bad by Arizona. They are 0-3 against ranked teams this year. Uh, they lost at home against Tennessee on the road to UCLA and Arizona. The good news here is, though, the Buffs are 7-0 the last three years against USC. And... Okay, we've had so much turnover the last three seasons. Evan Mobley was there last year. His brother's there this year. It's, it, the, both of them were there last year. It's different, right? Um, I don't, there's just something to this, though, in these conference games. I've seen it too much for too long in basketball where one team just owns another in a certain situation. Um, you know, the Trojans are not playing good basketball either. They lost at Stanford and then home to Oregon. They dropped five spots in the AP poll from 11th to 16th. I'm going to pass on the side and the total in this game. Well, why'd you just talk about it? Because again, I like going through my process, giving you the notes that I have, the thought process I have. I, again, if you just looked at it and said, who's the better team? All right, UC, USC probably comes in here and covers the one and a half or the two. But there is something about USC coming here. Maybe it's the altitude. Maybe it's just you know, Colorado's been better makes me want to stay off this game altogether. The bet that I am going to have, though, is from this Northern Colorado game at Idaho. So, the Bears have played just two games, just two since December 21st, and none since January 8th. So, again, we're back to a situation where they just haven't played much basketball. Could they come out a little bit slow in this game? Yeah, the pace might be slow. The shooting might be slow. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to find out because as I've done earlier on this show, teams coming off those long layoffs usually hit the under in the first half. And it's just been, it's been mixed results to this point. So uh, here's my issue with the Bears right now. Struggling defensively. They got to turn that up. The 308th in scoring defense, the 295th in defensive field goal percentage. That's not good. Uh, but on the other hand, they're facing one of the, if not the worst team in all of college basketball defensively. 81 points per game Idaho has given up. The Vandals, that's 351st in the nation. Almost 37% uh, three-point shooting percentage for opponents. 263rd in the nation. And we know Northern Colorado can shoot some threes. The Bears, 3-1 and one in conference play. Idaho, 0-6. Oh and, um, and again, you see that three-point percentage. Opponents, three-point percentage at 37%. Well, Northern Colorado makes 10.5 threes a game. And... That's the best in the conference and top 15 in Division One. It's a team that lives beyond the three-point line and hits them. A um, couple other things. Keep an eye on senior guard Dylan Kuntz. Went to Denver East. Leads the Bears. Just about 19 points per game. The one thing that I looked at in this game, though, that almost got me off of it was the Vandals have covered the spread 14 out of 14 this season. What? And... They've covered it every time playing at least five and a half point dogs, 12 of 12 there. So you say to yourself, oh man, that's a trend I don't like too much. Well, 
I I looked at Greg Peterson again. He's gonna be my guest later in the show. Greg Peterson from Veasan every day comes out in the newsletter, puts this great Excel sheet up there. What his line is compared to what the actual line is. The actual line in this game, uh, to me, probably should be more like nine and a half, ten. And I saw it sitting there at five and a half. Northern Colorado is just a much better team. And even if it takes them a few minutes, maybe it even takes them a half to kick it into gear, they are good enough to go into Idaho and beat the hell out of them. Um, so two ways to attack this. My show play, Northern Colorado minus five and a half uh, at Bet Rivers. Northern Colorado minus five and a half at Bet Rivers. If you don't feel comfortable going in there and you have a chance to watch the game on ESPN+, Plus, I will probably live bet this game too. Maybe we get an even better number. Maybe Idaho jumps out to a 8-2 lead to start. We get this number back down to like, we get it down to like three and a half. Fine, that's that's great too. If I don't get back in, I'll be fine with that. Love it tonight. The Bears on the road at the Vandals, minus five and a half for Northern Colorado right here. It's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. We are going to talk some Colorado Avalanche next with Mark Springer from Altitude 92.5 here on that Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's puck up here and talk some Avs hockey with Mark Springer. He is the co-host of Between the Pipes. It's a post-post-game show for the Avs on Altitude 92.5, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Wonderful to see you, Mark Springer. Just a couple years ago, you're do we're doing shows together. You're producing. A couple years later, here you are, a guest on the greatest podcast in the history of sports betting. Wonderful to see you, Mark Springer. What's going on, pal? I'm doing great. Uh, I apologize like i'm off center like i'm tilted i'm looking towards you holden although i swear i'm looking straight ahead uh so okay. welcome to the skype world it's my first yeah, most skype what an honor yeah most people listen to this anyway so don't worry about it they won't they won't you actually trimmed your beard from the last time i saw you and you have a mild haircut so uh you're looking less like a cretin how are you what's going on what's the buzz with the abs right now i got a lot to get into with you about this team but just kind of set the scene where we are with the abs as we sit here in late january yeah i'm doing great because the abs are doing great i mean what a treat it is to i uh i co-host the post post game show really the post game show uh the the fun sports talk radio version of the abs post game show with alex ryan emmy and yeah, we get to cover one of, if not the best team in the NHL. They're the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, the odds I have are Avs plus 550, and that's a nice little gap between Leafs and Lightning and Panthers all at plus 700. Those are some good teams. Uh, not the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, man. Avs came back down 4-1. Uh, they were down 4-1 against the Leafs a few nights ago. Darcy Kemper allowed the first three goals. Then Pavel Francouz in his first true, you know, return. He had started a game before that, but it was unexpected. It was an emergency COVID start. Uh, he didn't know he was going to start until, like, 20 minutes before the game started. Now, granted, in this game, you know, he came in in relief, but he finally had his skates under him a little bit, and he was instrumental in the uh, – Abs coming back down 4-1 against Toronto. Awesome home win. Pavel Francouz was great again last night. A first shutout of the season for him. First shutout in forever for him as he's missed so much time with injury. If Pavel Francouz is right, he showed a lot when he debuted with the Abs a couple years ago, coming over from the Czech Republic and then playing in Russia. He was a lot of an unknown and now he's in his early 30s, so you think maybe he's older, but he doesn't have a lot of NHL experience. He's good, Holden. For Pavel Francouz is really underrated. He's one of those, if you watch the abs, you know, and if you don't, you, you'll, you'll see Francouz as the starting goaltender, and you'll think, who's this guy? Uh, but I assure the Hockey Nation, Pavel Francouz is good. I wouldn't be surprised if he 
takes the reins of this starting goaltending position for the abs and and he he could be the subtle difference maker in a cup run you just answered all my questions. Thank you so much for hopping on the den. No, I'm kidding. That was, uh, I mean, François was, it was magical, right? And, and last night they end up beating the Ducks. Why? Because of François and the PK. I mean, things, so, you know, I got a chance to check in on this team. Obviously there's a lot going on, but I, I do enjoy the Avs hockey. So let's get into François because are the, do you go with him going forward with Kemper out? Is there a trade? What do you think is the most likely outcome going forward between the pipes, as you know, between the pipes. Yes, yes, also the name of our post-game show. Um, So Darcy Kemper took a shoulder to the head a couple nights ago, actually a couple days ago on Martin Luther King Day uh, against the Minnesota Wild, and it looked bad. I mean, he was down, he had to leave, and we've seen with concussions, we're seeing it with uh, the young abs defenseman Bowen Byram right now who has lingering concussion issues. You know, he took himself away from the team, you know, a lot, a lot like uh, Sidney Crosby had, you know, earlier in his career. We've seen how concussions can have long-term effects and, and keep you out for extended stretches. But fortunately, it looks like Darcy Kemper is okay. He was available to play last night, and I think he is going to start tonight against the L.A. Kings. Now, as much okay. love as I threw Pavel Francouz's way, and it's well-deserved, Darcy's I think he's he's gotten some unfair heat this season from Avs fans. I think he's been pretty good. Avs fans are definitely familiar with him because uh, a couple playoffs ago, this was the bubble playoffs where it was an extended field. Uh, Arizona got to what was then the second round, and they played the Avs. And Darcy Kemper was tremendous in that series. Uh, so he has the potential to be an upper-tier goaltender. He's shown flashes of that this season. For the rest of this season, though, I mean – it's a hell of a tandem. It, it, it's a lot like some of these two-headed monster running back duos you'll see in the NFL. Zeke and Pollard here in Denver, Javante and Melvin. You know, with Francois and Kemper, that's a hell of a duo. So if they can keep each other fresh, almost kind of alternate nights here as we go forward until somebody really takes the reins and, and wins this job, I think it'll only help both guys uh, in the rest and health department. I think both are above-average goaltenders. I think competition will raise all boats, and, and one of these guys can really hit that top level of theirs, maybe just get red hot and take that job and never look back. And like I said, look, if my prediction, if I'm to forecast it, I think Francois has what it takes. Uh, but Darcy Kemper certainly does as well. So, yeah, goaltending has been an issue or a concern for Avs fans all season. But right now, maybe it's kind of starting to settle in just a little bit. Okay, so we're going to get back to the player. I want to talk about Kadri and McKinnon and everybody else. But if you look at at Mark A. Mark on Twitter. Huh? They're awesome. That's all you need to know. Okay, well, no, you'll tell me more about that in a minute. But on January 14th, why did you place a $20 bet on the Avs minus 650? I feel like you need to subscribe and listen every day to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers, so you don't make stupid bets like that. What are you doing betting? You bet $20, you want $3.07. Was this shtick? Come on, was this a free bet or something? Yeah, Colden, um, look, I, I had been doing well, so $20 to, me, $20 to me is usually a pretty standard bet, all right? Like, that's usually the average of what I would yeah. put in a given pick, right? Um, and because I had been getting some greens instead of some reds, yeah, look, I understand, man, that it's uh, high risk, you know, no matter what the wager is, low reward, such a low reward. But, you know, what? it was the abs at home against the Coyotes, and it was shtickled, and I thought it would be okay. Um, to show the people, hey, guys, look at this $3 I can win if the abs do yeah. what they should do and win this game tonight. Okay, but you do know long-term, minus 650, you're going to go broke, right? That was shtick. I- uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, okay. I also thought it was just funny in general how the abs were too. 50. That's one of the I, – I you see this in overseas hockey, some lines like that, but in the NHL, a minus 650, that was nuts. Yeah, that's that's just how good these guys are too. So let's get back because Kadri's on pace for, what, 117 points this season. Now he's an all-star. You got McKinnon in there. You got Kale McCarr, who, by the way, I will never forget. You're the producer. I'm sitting there with with uh, Crackman. 
Macarza had just gotten called up and he asked him if he likes kale. I mean, it was one of the more uncomfortable moments in my radio career. And that's really saying something, but this kid has turned into a star. So can you, maybe you could start with McKinnon, go Kadri, McCarr and the rest of this team, because it's just, it's loaded, man. And I've said this before, I covered those Washington Capitals teams from like 2008 um, to like two years before they won the cup. And they're the best team in the league. They, they were a number one seed, lost to an eight seed with a 3-1 series lead. You got to have patience. I mean, even though this team is great, they might not have the success this year or even next year. The foundation is here. This team's going to win a cup at some point in time. So that's the first thing, my advice to you, if, as I just went completely off script. So now why don't you take the reins, Kadri, McKinnon, Bakar, and the rest of them? Well, no, you're right that, you know, they should win a cup in the coming years. But every year, every offseason, there's another group of contracts that are expiring. Mm-hmm. And then there's another group of young players that you have to pay. Like, Raj and I were talking about this last night that, you know, this upcoming offseason, Kadri, Burakovsky, um, and Nachushkin are all going to be UFAs. And then the following offseason... Nathan McKinnon's a UFA. He's only making $6.3 million. That's a steal. That's insane. So he's going to maybe double. He, he might double his salary. Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook are RFAs too. They're going to get some money as well. So, you know, can you keep any of those dudes on a one-year deal if they just freaking love this team and this culture? It's going to be a tough ask because there's going to be a market for those guys. They're going to get long-term offers. They're going to get paid. Uh, so, yeah, you got to look at every year as as win now uh, and you've got to take advantage of this season that Nazem Kadri is having I mean the top line has been what has carried this offense for the past few years and the secondary scoring it would come in you know in spurts every now and again it would get going but it was always the top line carrying him and every now and again Jared Bednar would have to split up that top line and throw Miko Rantanen down on the second line just to spark something we haven't seen that once this season because Nazem Kadri has taken over as that true fourth player after the top line. That after those big mm-hmm. three, Landeskog, McKinnon, Ranson, and Kadri's that legit fourth guy who is carrying the second line and it's really trickling down. You know, he's playing with Andre Burakovsky, which I think is, you know, uh, that's a great duo right there. And yeah, I mean, Nazem Kadri. He's a well-known guy. It was great to see him, you know, sometimes for not all the best reasons, but he's a well-known guy, and that helped him get the last man in vote to be an all-star, deservingly so, this season as the fans voted him in. You know, I mean, every, people know Nazem Kadri. He, he, he's well-known because he played for the Maple Leafs for so many years. So in the hockey community, like Kadri's, you know, excuse me there on the video, uh, he's, he's well-known. So... Uh, to see him finally have this type of season with this offensive production, what he does at the faceoff circle, too, is huge. And then, dude, do I even really need to get into McKinnon and Rantanen and Makar? Those guys just... Hey, hey, real quick. Miko Rantanen, my daughter's favorite player, Miko the Frico. She goes, he gave her a high five. You could talk about Miko Rantanen all you want. If, if she likes him, then he's my favorite player. <laughs> Hold on. You have, you coined that, you're the first person I heard give him that nickname. And it's underrated, Correct. and it deserves more love. Correct. Yeah, and and, and she actually um, got a scolding from her mother because you're not supposed to rhyme first names because it can hurt people's feelings. But I kind of convinced her it's okay because I think Miko is not going to be upset at Miko the Frico. I kind of feel like he probably gets called a trillion different things worse during a game. So that Miko the Frico never stuck. It's unfortunate. And how good he is on the ice. That's how mm-hmm. he's. A- like Tim Lincecum yeah. was a freak. Nothing personal. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing personal. He was a freak. Anything else you want to talk about? Because I want to talk to you about a bet real quick, okay? Uh, yeah, go, go for it with the bet, and we'll see where it goes. All right, so you have been on fire. Um, and normally when we have guests on here, like your, your buddy, Nate Kreckman, who comes on every week, we come up with a show bet. Well, the Avalanche minus 180 on the money line at the Kings tonight. Uh, again, I do not recommend betting minus 180 money lines on a – on a consistent basis. So you were talking about maybe coming up with a parlay. Can we look for this real quick? Because I'm just looking on Bet Rivers, minus 180 for the, the Avalanche. Now the Canadians got to go to Vegas, take on the Golden Knights. That's minus 335 on the money line. You parlay those two, 
plus 103. Now we're at even money. Are you feeling good about that one? What about the Panthers at the Oilers or the Bruins hosting the Capitals or the Stars at the Sabres? Let's try and figure something out here because I want to get a show bet with you. Plus, Ottawa is at Pittsburgh, and you could parlay that with the Avalanche for even money as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, like I was telling you just before we hopped on, I, I mean, you're right. Avs minus 185. It's not great value. And look, I like that strategy of taking two decent favorites, parlaying them together. And like you said, now all of a sudden you got plus 105, you know? And when you look at the, you know, the Knights versus the Canadiens, I mean, really, this just starts with Montreal's not very good. And I think Vegas is pretty damn good. I think they're, I, I think we're headed towards Avs Knights in the playoffs, Western Conference Finals, if that's how it shakes out, that's how it should shake out. I know that, you know, Max Pacioretty's out for Vegas right now. Vegas just had a 3-0 lead against Pittsburgh and blew it, lost 3-5. They've lost three in a row. But overall, that Knights team is pretty damn good, especially on home ice. And Montreal's, it's just not their season. They're angling for a top pick here. I don't see how Montreal wins this game. So if you're looking for that value to parlay with the abs to get it up to plus money, then, I mean, Vegas, yeah, anything's possible, but that would be my pick. Look, Pittsburgh versus Ottawa is also pretty safe. Pittsburgh's red hot right now. They just got Evgeny Malkin back. They got a super, I mean, the hockey community knows, but he's underrated uh, overall. Jake Gensel is a hell of a forward. You know, you got him, Crosby, Malkin. It's a, it's a, Pittsburgh, they're still there. They're still doing it. Uh, same with Washington and the Capitals. They're at Boston. You mentioned that. I don't love that pick. Pittsburgh versus Ottawa, I do like that. Uh, but if it's me, I'm going Avs Knights tonight, uh, the okay. two best teams in the West, and get that plus money. That's what I would do. I like it. Uh, any thoughts on the puck line here? Minus one and a half at plus 132. Yeah. You I, ever I, bet puck line? It's always – I'm not a huge puck line guy. I'd rather parlay okay. two solid money line favorites. I mean, look at last night. The Avs do cover the puck line, right? But, it, you know, you're waiting for that empty net situation, and Kadri has to get that empty net goal, and you, you just never know. I mean, that is one thing about taking puck lines in the NHL or hockey, though, is, you know, if you got that one goal lead late, all you need is that goaltender to get pulled, and you're hoping for that empty netter. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, abs minus one and a half, but what I'm seeing is plus 140 here. A lot of people are going to want to do that tonight. I don't blame that at all. Me, uh, me though, I'm going to go abs, nights, parlay to just get barely over plus 100. Beautiful. We've got two show bets. My, my bet is uh, actually three. Northern Colorado tonight minus the five and a half. My guy, Greg Peterson, our college basketball insider at VEASAN, um, he's got uh, a bet from the Gonzaga San Francisco game. And now Springer comes up with the winner, the Avs and the Knights do not, um, may, and I'm going to tell my, my listeners and viewers this, do not make a habit out of, uh, parlaying every single night either, because long-term CLV, you're not going to end up winning, but I really like this bet here. So we're going to break the rule. And there's also a hometown discount. I got my special every Wednesday, Thursday avalanche special. Can they score a goal in all three periods? Plus 150, yes. I mean, that's kind of a crapshoot, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it, it is. But, I mean, if any – granted, they didn't do it last night. Uh, they were two out of three periods. Uh, it, last night, you know, John Gibson came off the COVID list. He's a great goaltender for the Ducks. Um, goaltending will dip a little bit tonight. There's no John Gibson on the Kings, although Peterson and Quick are solid. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see that hitting with the dip in goaltending tonight. All right, we're not going to mess with that, though. We're just going to go with our parlay. Springer, awesome catching up with you again. I hope you'll do this with me uh, semi-regularly. So plug plug your shows, and then make sure people get you on the Twitter machine, too. Yeah, I am on Twitter at Mark A. Mark. That's not Mark E. Mark in the Funky Bunch. That's Mark A. Mark. Hey, That's yeah, totally yeah. different. Um, at Mark A. Mark on Twitter, and then myself and Alex Ryan Emmy. Post between the pipes. It comes on right after the network post game show. After every abs game, that's you know that's when Mark Bertinoli takes you through the highlights and you know listens to Jared Bednar and the players talk to the media. Then Alex Ryan Emmy and myself come on, and then we do the sports talk radio thing where we get angry, we be happy about be happy. That's a nice phraseology right there about uh, the abs game. So uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It comes on right after. 
uh, pretty much 20 minutes after every Avs game on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 FM. We got an app. We got a website. You guys are smart. All right, all right, all right, all right, Springer. I told you to plug a thing or two. You're going on a 10-minute diatribe, okay? Just follow him on Twitter at Mark A. Mark. Wonderful follow. Get your abs news from that. My goodness, Springer. Uh, going to talk some college hoops with Craig Peterson from VSID. Talk Northern Colorado, Northern Colorado CU and CSU next on the Denver CityCast. And thank you, Mark, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 It's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, Holden Kushner with Greg Peterson. And Greg is, uh, he's the college basketball guy over at VEASAN. And I just want to let everybody know no matter what time you're listening to this, normally I'll tape around, you know, 10 in the morning and get the show done. Peterson, this guy is out in Las Vegas. And he goes, is there any chance we could do it at 6.30 your time, which is 5.30 his time. You got tweets coming out four hours ago. Do you ever sleep, Greg? Do you ever sleep? I'll just say, according to my tweets, I'll sleep when I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. So listen, um, this year, it's something new I've included into my process is your chart. Um, you got your handicap lines for all the games every single day. Before we get into the, the Colorado schools that I want to discuss with you, maybe some bigger game like in a Gonzaga, San Francisco tonight, can you talk about this sheet that I end up using every single day as part of my process? I'll come up with my own lines, and then I'll bounce it off of yours. I'll use some Ken Palm. I'll read a whole bunch. But tell us about this. How would you come up with this chart, and how do we use it? I wind up having a little bit of raw power rankings myself, but I'm one of those people that when it comes to college basketball, I'm a firm believer in sort of that boxing phrase of matchups make fights. So when you wind up looking at a raw rating for a team, most people, they just award three points for home court and that's about it. But when it comes to taking a look at college basketball, I think it's more unique than that. You have a bunch of games in which you've got some matchups that are very good for some teams. Some matchups are very bad for others. As we know, unfortunately, this year, we've had a lot of late injury information, COVID-19 pauses, slash teams that are coming off of just long breaks in general. They're maybe without a guy. And as a result, the handicap of a game winds up changing. And what I think is so fascinating is that when it comes to college basketball, you wind up getting some of the biggest line moves of any sport out there. It's not uncommon to see a total move by five points. It's not uncommon to see a team that's like a two-point favorite on the open wind up being like a two or three-point underdog on the close. So what I always try to aim to do is try to put out there my exact handicap on a game because if I'm like, oh, I like, let's just throw out there, we'll go with maybe like San Francisco laying five points. Let's say that they're playing BYU just as a spitball example. So I've got San Francisco minus five. Let's say that the line opens up San Francisco laying six but they wind up closing at three, what I'd be looking at with regards to the open would be vastly different than the close. If someone reads, oh, he apparently likes BYU catching six points, now it's at three, they don't necessarily know where someone stands on that. I think that that's so important because when it comes to college basketball, really any sport in general, you're not betting teams, you're betting numbers. And that's why I look to do, try to give out my picks, but at the same time, let you know, okay, this is a five point, this is a sell point on this game, and it's the way that I wind up handicapping myself. No, I love that. I think it's a good reminder even for people that have been betting for a long time. You're not betting teams, you're betting numbers with these things. So here's something that I thought I had a big advantage on, and it ends up that I'm basically up peanuts in units, and it's how I've handicapped games with teams that have had extended periods without playing games. And tonight we've got Northern Colorado, and Idaho. So Northern Colorado and Idaho, you got a team in Northern Colorado that has played what? Like uh, two times since, two times in the last month and none since January 8th. 
how have you been handicapping these situations? Because for me, it was derivatives going the first half, try and bang the under. Well, there's been no real, um, I guess the sample's too small. There's been no advantage really for that. So how have you handicapped these games? It's a little bit more situation by situation. You try to see how the positives, because not all these positives are equal. You've got some teams that they're just completely shut down. They're unable to do anything. There are other teams that sometimes their cause isn't even caused by them. You'll see some teams that they wound up having their weekend slate just get completely pretty much put on the kibosh because two other teams wind up not being able to play. So they're pretty much stuck at home. They're practicing. They're getting all their normal work, working on the next game for Northern Colorado. It has been a little bit of a pause for them. But at the same time, you know what's a very good team to face off against going out of a pause? An uh, Idaho Vandal team that is playing absolutely no defense and forces 3.8 steals per game. So I do think that that's very big for the start of the Colorado team as we're taping this right now. You're seeing Northern Colorado right around a five and a half point favorite. And to your point, I do wind up shading these totals down a little bit more when it comes to some of these spots. And I'm seeing a total north of 160 right now when it comes to this game. This is an Idaho team that they've been playing much more up tempo. They've been shooting it better from three point range, but Northern Colorado's hallmark has been pushing teams off of the three-point arc. And with an Idaho team, that that's really their lifeblood. I think that this is just a very poor matchup in general for Idaho. So this is a spot where I feel very good about Northern Colorado in this spot. I am very willing to lay the point tech. I was willing to go to double digits in this spot. And to your point with regards to some of these teams coming out sluggish, I think that in a normal spot, north of 160 of a total will be a little bit too high, especially here, given all the circumstances. I think that this is way too high. I want to say my total more in the high 140. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this game. I did wind up factoring in the COVID pause, and I still wind up with Northern Colorado being a double-digit favorite. So very willing to lay the point. All right. So that's the whole thing. You got him at 11 and a half. You got the Bears at 11 and a half. The line's sitting here at five and a half, right? Yeah. So I'm saying it's to myself, big differential. big differential. I'm saying to myself, Maybe I could bet this thing live. I want to see how, you know, Northern Colorado comes out. And I think it's very, for, for me, it's been very effective betting a lot of these live. Although, you want to talk about a bad beat last night, uh, Colorado State. I mean, Ugh. I in-game bet that one, and I had the Rams minus six and a half. And then at the buzzer, the dude comes down and chucks in a three off the glass. And I think that's good to the total, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just... <laughs> Exactly, to the total, too. So here's my concern with this. First of all, the layoff. Second of all, the Bears' defense is an absolute joke. I mean, they're, what, 308th in scoring defense? It was right around 308. But even though, even with that, you're very, very confident about what you see out of this Bears team coming in tonight and beating up on a horrible Idaho team. Yep, exactly. It's just an Idaho team that, like I mentioned, what they really do a good job of is three-point shooting in Northern Colorado the last few years ever since the regime changed from Jeff Linder. They've really been priding themselves on trying to push teams off of the three-point line. So I think that this is just an ultimate doomsday matchup for Idaho. And with Northern Colorado, typically when teams wind up coming off a pause, they're relatively sloppy. They wind up turning the ball over quite a bit. And with Idaho, they're one of the worst teams in the country at being able to force turnover. So that's less of an issue in this spot. All right, Greg, we've got Colorado hosting 16th-ranked USC tonight. Uh, I think that, you know, CU at some point in time got to beat one of these good teams, right? They've, they lost to UCLA. They lost to Arizona. Um, although the Buffs have owned USC 7 and 0 the last three seasons. That's a pretty incredible stat right there. But the Buffs haven't beat a ranked team. They're 0-3 right now. So, A, how important is, is are these next two games just to get one of these between USC and UCLA? And, B, tonight's game against USC – it's a tight line. It's I think Colorado, what, getting two points at this point? What are your thoughts on CU this week and tonight in particular? Yeah, Colorado's actually 12-4. and four. The problem is, to your point, in every one of their step-up games, they haven't necessarily been able to get the job done right now, their best win. I would consider it to be that Washington State game that they wound up getting towards the beginning of the new year. But when it comes to Colorado, big thing for them is, can they get a little bit more three-point shooting? As a collective, they're shooting 32% from distance. I do think that this is a little bit of a tough matchup. Now, the good news is for Colorado, playing at the CU Event Center is a house of fours. I actually used to work for the official flagship station of Oregon. Oregon has as many wins at the CU Event Center as I do. That would be zero. So there are a lot of teams that 
they wind up struggling in this circumstance and that mountain road trip in general when you wind up playing against both Colorado and Utah. One of the toughest in a conference slate that you're going to find out there. That said, I do think that USC is going to be able to do a good job down low in this game because Isaiah Mobley, in my opinion, is a top 10 player in all of college basketball. Yeah, they say it's six foot ten, shoot forty four percent for three. He's been able to do a great job with nine rebounds, his fifteen points, three assists. That is going to be brutal for this Colorado team to overcome, just because Evan Batty, he's been solid for this team. They will give you twelve and a half points, but really, other than he, where are you going to be able to look to for three point shooting? Jabari Walker, actually son of Smoky Walker, he's been able to do a solid job down low, but he's really one of only two guys. The other guy being Neek Clifford. Was able to give the team more than five rebounds per game. I do think that that's going to be their undoing. Typically, when you go on the road, the thing that really struggles is the three-point shooting. USC, they're solid when it comes to their three-point shooting, about 34.5, 35-ish percent. But even though USC is a bad free-throw shooting team, and that is my biggest trepidation with taking USC in this spot, they shoot 61.5% free line. I do think that because I think that they're going to be able to win the battle down low, That'll allow them to win this game. And I do think that it's going to be a little bit lower scoring as well. We've just seen that with Colorado this year. I wound up setting my line USC playing three. So here at the two, I'm in on them. And when it comes to the total, right now seeing it about a 137. So made my line 135. So also taking a look at an under. Okay. Uh, the next team. And as I told you last night, it was a rough one live betting the, the Rams. But this to me is the best team in the state of Colorado, I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you. Uh, Roddy is is somebody that's – if you have not had a chance to watch uh, Colorado State people, this is – this team is fun to watch, even with the bad beat. How, t- how good can this team be? Like, is this – can this be a five seed in the NCAA tournament? I think that when it's all said and done, they can be a top 25 team, and to your point, like a five, six seed, because with Colorado State – they have yet to really take a cataclysmically bad loss. Now, you wind up getting blown out against San Diego State, but that was coming off the pause. Your only mm-hmm. other game prior to that was that Air Force game. And if you wind up losing, like, two games in the Mountain West, that's not too bad because the Mountain West is much better towards the middle this year than they've been in the past. We found out yesterday that New Mexico, a relatively solid team. Wyoming's been able to form themselves as a solid program. Nevada's been a little bit of a letdown, but even teams like Fresno State, Utah State, Boise State, all these teams have come out. They've been relatively solid. And with Colorado, they're just so efficient. One of the top teams with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. They do it on defense. They don't turn the ball over. Isaiah Stevens, by the way, you talk about David Roddy, and he is absolutely tremendous. And guys Mm -hmm. said she'd suffer, but, I mean, Isaiah Stevens Stevens is really the guy that has the ball in his hands, assists a turnover ratio of four. And then John Tonger. How about him being able to shoot darn near 50% from three-point range as well? This team has so many weapons. They also are a team that you could trust late in games as well because I talk about the bad free-throw shooting of USC. Barra says the collective shoots over 80% the free-throw line. If you're looking to lay like five, six points in a game and you're fearing late-game falling, one of the teams that you're able to rely upon in those spots is Colorado State. So there's a lot of redeeming qualities with this team. And, I'm right there with you. By far the best team out there in the state of Colorado when it comes to college basketball. No, and Stevens, I'm glad you brought him up because he's kind of the glue guy. Tough dude. Little guy. What is he? Maybe six foot. They list him as six foot. He's not really six foot. He's a little guy. And um, he's terrific. All right, Greg, let's get into your your article play here in the New York Post. You got the Gonzaga Bulldogs taking on San Francisco. You know what? San Francisco having a nice start to the season. Terrific home team. Give me a breakdown of the Zags and San Francisco this evening. Now, I'm not going to call for the money line on this one with San Francisco, but I want to give out the points in this spot. Sitting between 15 and a half to 16, depending on where you're shopping here. But when it comes to San Francisco, I think that they've got the goods hang in there. There's no way that Gonzaga's stock can get any higher. They've scored at least 110 points in each other last three games. I mean, if San Francisco gives up 110, then it's just game, set, and match. But I think that the odds are going to be able to hang in there because they are the best team, really, other than Gonzaga, in my opinion, in this conference with regards to defense. 19th in points allowed on a per-possession basis. They do a good job of not allowing second chances in the top 35 in terms of rebound rate. And what this Don's team has done a very good job of is getting Jamari Boye to be able to pump it in. 18.5 points per game to 40% from three-point range. Very well-rounded team. 
They brought in a guy like a Patrick Tepay who began his career out there in the Ivy League, came over actually after he spent a season at Duke. He's been able to give you right around four and a half rebounds per game, and that's going to be a key because Drew Timmy along Chet Holmgren, these guys combine an average about 34 points per game. Obviously, Holmgren is more of the outside force, a guy that's able to give you three blocks and shoot in high 30s from three-point range. But when I take a look at Andrew Nemhardt, I'm not necessarily sold on him. He can get a little bit loose with the ball. This is a San Francisco team that they do a great job with the guards to their on-ball defending. This is a San Francisco team that they themselves do a good job of being able to get the ball inside ninth in the country when it comes to overall two-point shooting percentage and just from before, general, 37th in the nation. So I think that San Francisco has the goods to be able to hang in there. We've seen San Francisco give Gonzaga fits but wind up falling apart in like the final eight or so minutes of the second half. I remember there was a Ted Cosmically bad beat in a San Francisco versus Gonzaga game. I believe it was two years ago, but this team was a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Todd Golden, very good coach for San Francisco. So I like getting between 15 and a half to 16 here with San Francisco. I made the line 12. I like it. Let's go one more uh, game nationally coming up this weekend. Kentucky and Auburn. For people that don't know much about Auburn, they go, Auburn, that's a, that's a football school. Um, talk to me a little bit about Auburn. Talk to me a little bit about this game. And uh, because to me, it's the marquee matchup this weekend. Oh, it certainly is. You've got an Auburn team that's currently ranked second in the country. And there's a lot of people I think that they should be ranked number one. They are headlined by a guy in Jabari Smith that is going to be at minimum a top five pick or a top ten tip pick in the NBA draft. Probably going to be more like a top five pick. That stands right around like six foot nine, shoots forty five percent from three, gives you sixteen points per game. And for Auburn, their great start has been without Alan Flanagan in the fold for much of the year. Top returning score of fourteen and a half points per game. So they're working him back in the fold. And what has really allowed Auburn to be so successful? They lead all of college basketball. It's right around eight blocks per game. Walker Kessler, transfer from UNC. He gives you four blocks per contest. That sets up the really good interior matchup because you got Kessler leading the way with regards to power conference players in terms of blocks. And then Oscar Shibway for Kentucky, who's pulling down darn near 15 rebounds per game. Doesn't get as many blocks, but does a great job there. That's going to be a lot of fun. But when it comes to Auburn, you absolutely love the offense of this team. You always know that Auburn is going to be able to put in there the points. This is a team that, once again, one of the most efficient offenses in all of college basketball with regards to a per-possession basis. They rank 42nd, but they also actually do a really good job going home to road. This is going to be on their home floor. But what has really been the difference maker for Auburn is the way that they've been able to play defense as well because this has been an Auburn team that in the past they haven't necessarily been so great in that aspect. Auburn 13th in the country with regards to defensive efficiency. To put that into perspective, Kentucky with all the rebounding, they're ranked 11th. I think that Auburn should be able to pull this game off. I set them at four personally. Kentucky has a lot of great guard play. Ty Ty Washington has been able to do a good job shooting 41% from three. Kellen Grady is able to shoot it from the outside. And for Kentucky, got to give them credit with the way that they've been able to bring in shooters as well. But I think when you've got just all that size inside for Kentucky, when you've got a guy that is going to be a future top 10 pick shooting from three with that size, like Jabari Smith is going to be able to, it's hard for any team in the country to be able to match up with that. Wonderful stuff, Greg. A couple things I want you to do here. Plug all your stuff with VEASAN and then make sure people can follow you on the Twitter machine because uh, good follow too. I appreciate it. At GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. I post up all my appearances on VEASAN, what have you. Going to be getting three days of myself this week. Typically, I do 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern time, which is 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Pretty much Friday into Saturday and then Saturday into Sunday. And you're out there on the East Coast Saturday and Sunday with the Greg Peterson experience on VEASAN. They've got me coming in on Thursday if you're out there on the West Coast. Friday, very early, 1 to 4 a.m. If you're out there on the East Coast, filling in for Scott Seidenberg on the look ahead tonight. And then from there, you've also got the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast. You're able to find that wherever you can find this fine podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, list goes on and on. And that's where I break down every single college basketball game on the slate every single day. And once again, all that gets posted at GNR21 on Twitter. I hope to get you on again soon. This is absolutely terrific hit. Greg, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you hopping on and uh, continued success. And thanks for doing your stuff here because, again, it's helped me. Uh, betting this season. Holden, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. You got it. Come back. We'll put a bow on the show here, recap some picks. Uh, and then I got to also talk about 4K television because it's very frustrating that we got all these games on 
We have 4K TVs and everybody wants to show it with garbage. It's just very frustrating. Greg, you're still there. I'm just going to say that that's one of my pet peeves. Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers continues in just a moment. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. All right, just to put a bow on the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, uh, thank you very much to Mark Springer for hopping on. Thank you very much to Greg Peterson for hopping on, for Steven, our producer in the background. Uh, again, the show play, Northern Colorado, minus five and a half on the road at Idaho on Bet Rivers. My final thing will be this. Uh, how many years have 4K televisions been available for? It seems like a decade now, right? Forever, forever. And there's just no programming. I mean, at least the movie apps like uh, Netflix and, and Disney and some of the, I don't even think HBO has 4K. It doesn't. But some of the movie apps have it, have 4K. It's like, okay, all these televisions are 4K now. Why isn't all of the programming in 4K? Why don't we have more sports in 4K? It's cool because Fox during the World Series, they put it in 4K. Is it 30 seconds behind the actual feed? Yeah, 30 to second, 30 to 40 seconds behind. So it kind of makes live betting baseball in 4K difficult, but you still do it. I mean, it just looks so much better. I don't know if how many of you were alive back at the turn of the century, but I remember getting my first um, HD, not 4K, HD television. It was like 27 inches. It, it was probably about uh, 130, 140 pounds for this gigantic thing. And they didn't have HD boxes back then. So you're just watching it in standard definition. I bought Ice Age, the movie, I bought the DVD, put it in there just because it looks so clear and so much so much better. But how long did it take for, for HD to come along? Probably 2007. It took them six or seven years to start getting enough programming there for sports that we can do it. I remember there was a Michigan State game on, on uh uh, CBS in 2003 and was like, whoa, we have this HD television now. We can watch it, but we didn't have the box. So where am I going with all this? Why aren't all of these NFL playoff games in 4K? Why do we have this beautiful technology and the broadcast companies decide to just ignore it? Why don't we get every Stanley Cup playoff game in 4K? Why don't we get every NBA regular season game? Come on, the NBA is at the forefront of technology here. Why the hell aren't these games in 4K? Same thing uh, with all the sports, baseball, at least baseball and Fox figured something out, but we had wild card games. Um, I don't think we had a 4K game this last week, did we? There might've been one. Um, this week, we do not have a 4K game. What are we doing here? Why are we watching uh, 20 year old technology when we have the technology to do it today? And the answer to that question is the broadcast companies don't give a damn. It costs too much for them. It's the same thing you're seeing with ESPN right now, where they have most of their broadcasters doing a show from their couch or from their home office. Money. They don't want to spend the money to make the product look better. I actually understand that from a business point uh, standpoint, but specifically for the NFL playoffs, these, this is the biggest games. These are the most viewed. This is the most viewed television out there in the United States, there will be no sporting event, no television show, no movie that is more viewed than what we're going to see with the NFL. What we just saw last weekend, this weekend, the weekend after that, forget about it, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's got to be in 4K, right? I think we've only had one of the last two in 4K. Like, if you're not putting the Super Bowl in 4K, what are you doing? It's just such a waste. It's very frustrating, and I just needed to get it off my chest. Please, please, please. We have these beautiful televisions now. Why can't we just get sports programming that makes it look good? I get it. It's because of the money. Do the right thing. Put the games in 4K so we can enjoy it in the best way possible. Okay, I'm out of here. I'll be back tomorrow. Speaking of the NFL, all my wild card uh, picks last week. We had them in on Friday. We went, what? 
slightly. We went up, we were up by like a half a unit, three quarters of a unit. Uh, this week we'll try and do even better. That'll be nice too. I'll have sides, totals, and player props uh, to get to as well. Again, thanks to Greg Peterson. Thanks to Mark Springer. Thank you, Stephen Young, our producer. I'm Holden and appreciate you checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.